0: disruption zone opportunity lives where the status quo dies talking to the greatest innovators disruptors and off-the-wall inventors we can scrounge up you laugh you'll learn you'll be inspired now here are your hosts leland conway and cameron mills It's the Disruption Zone. We haven't talked to my co-host in a while. It's weird. He's a co-host. He almost never appears on the program, but we got a hold of him this morning, uh, apparently while sitting on the toilet. Anyway, that 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 whole conversation is coming up. You're going to want to hear this. <laughs> Cameron Mills is with us today, and uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, the big story today is, is uh, we're going to kind of weigh in on this stupid spat between uh coach stoops and coach calipari at uk and whether or not kentucky's a football or basketball school we'll get into that we're also going to talk about um basically cyberbullying and the rights of a school to look at your kid's phone and whether or not they do have that right or not we'll dive into that Um, and much much more as always it's going to be a wild roller coaster conversation when we have my co-host cameron mills on the program before we get to that though my friends at louisville cabinets and countertops are responsible for bringing you this program. I love them. They have supported us all the way. Uh, I started out as a customer of theirs and fell in love with the work that they do, uh, Louisville cabinets and countertops is at 6,200 hit lane and Louisville right there on the border of Odom County in Kentucky, uh, and Kentucky uh, and Louisville. If you're in Southern Indiana, Louisville, anywhere in that area, this is your place, Louisville cabinets and countertops. They can do a turnkey kitchen remodel to make your home a dream. Or if you are already uh, know what you want and you're a contractor or a do-it-yourselfer, they got all kinds of styles, high-quality, affordable cabinets in stock. They're not affected by supply chain crises. They just do their job well. Uh, talk to their designers by calling 502-930-3304, 502-930-3304. See their work at com. And now, our conversation with the great Cameron Mills, co-host of this program. Hey Cameron, guess guess what I got coming tomorrow? <laughs> I, I'm hope I'm I don't know. I, I uh, let's see. Um, a Range Rover. No, already have one of those. Um, my <laughs> I I do. That was so that was so elitist <laughs> the way you said as, that. I was bougie, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> now wait a minute. Now let me ask. you. We need to discuss this. We need to do. We need to teach children where the phrase bougie comes from because okay. I'm I'm convinced they have
0: no idea. I think you're right. So. It's the, it's a shortened version of the bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the people it, that got their communism. heads cut off in the French Revolution.
1: There we go. Well, it wait, a minute. didn't it come from wasn't it bourgeoisie and proletariat? Wasn't that from communism? Or was uh, that yeah, French yes.
0: Revolution? You're no you're right. You're right. You're right. I think it was. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. It was. So even we yeah, did not know what
1: it is. The bourgeoisie were the, <laughs> the upper those in power during communism. The proletariat was the rest of
0: us. Yes, yes. But I have an, I, I have another truck on a lift kit, so I'm kinda like a bougie mullet
1: wait a minute i'm sorry you're getting what so what's coming tomorrow a lift kit no no i
0: see you you interrupted me i was trying to tell you what i have coming tomorrow and you interrupted me with the land rover comment and i was just trying to recover i was trying to recover my redneck bona fides by saying i also have another truck with a lift kit which makes me a bougie mullet first of all you asked me guess what i have coming tomorrow i
1: interrupt you You asked me a question (laughs) i tried to answer and you interrupted me
0: so so tabitha comes to me the other day and she goes it's okay. You can get it now, and I'm like, "Are you serious? Oh, I get I got the Traeger grill. It's gonna be delivered tomorrow. The smoker, the, what? the Traeger grill with the smoker. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I'm fired up. Because you I'm and I are waiting. always ex, yeah, we were always exchanging pictures of like the meat yeah. that we cook, and now I'm gonna win every yeah. time.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, well, it, just real real quick. So I had my annual physical the other day, and my cholesterol was up. My triglycerides were just slightly elevated and so i'm i'm getting back i've got to get back on the kick so we've been susan and i joined the y i've been swimming six days out of nice. seven nice nice so i've just got to get i've just i reached that point in marriage sadly only two years in where <laughs> i just got lazy and Susan, susan's gained 10 pounds she of course she doesn't look like it Her, she's still got a rock hard
0: no, abs She's way more beautiful than you i know i know i do you say this it doesn't i don't need people to tell me this i'm well aware
1: <laughs> um but anyway, so we've been going to the gym. So it's like I'm, I'm, I, the last, we've been a member of the Y for seven days now. I've been, I've been swimming six days out of seven. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm getting back in the habit. And, and now I got to, now I got to fix my diet again. So
0: I've, now, and I know
1: oatmeal is not keto, but I haven't had oatmeal.
0: Yeah. Last couple of days. So uh, I, it's okay. I, you know, it's funny. I, I follow Mark Sisson, who you, five or two and um you know we're paleo i guess is what you would call it we do keto once or twice a year like we go strict keto for five or six weeks and then the rest of the year we do more like a paleo and under that like they've kind of done some research it it allows for a potato now and then it allows for rice once in a while so yeah the key is are you active enough because if the carbs are healthy they're not processed and then are you active enough to burn them off and so yeah that's kind of the key. Hey, um, so I, I want to talk about um, two things. I want to talk about the Stoops versus Calipari thing, which I think is hilarious okay. and horrible. Yes, and probably it, is. Fake. it is. But, um, but <laughs> but before we get to that, I I saw this story. I just want to get your thoughts on it because I had a really interesting okay. conversation on my regular radio show on six thirty yeah. K How in Denver the other day. <laughs> Shameless okay. plug. But um, yeah, this story kind of struck me. There was a mom. She's a psychologist in um, California. And her daughter came home from school one day and apparently there was a note that said that at any time that if the teachers or the administration of the school wanted to read the texts of her daughter or any other student, Hmm. both at school or texts that were sent on their own time, that the school had the right to basically take the phone and look through all of it and do this. They asked the parent to sign. And the parent was Mm -hmm. like, "Uh, hell no, Yeah, Um, if you have an issue, uh, you can call me, and we can maybe go through the phone together, but it's none of your damn business because it's my property. I bought the phone for the kid, and I loved her response, response, but it started this big debate because the whole thing from the school was like, well, we're just trying to stop cyberbullying. Look, you and no, I. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I, go ahead. I was just going to yes. say that you and I didn't grow up in a world where bullying included the cyber element, but at the same right, time, true. I think the problem is parents need to be more involved in what's going on yes. with the kids' social media, so that they don't get blindsided. But but it's not the school's responsibility in that sense. I no,
1: I, I would say I, no. I just let's let's save it because I mean save it for on it for for when we're recording because I think this is good stuff. I am recording. I didn't, I didn't know you didn't know we started. Oh.
0: No, this show's already not. rolling.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't. I didn't cuss or anything. Um, okay. Well, shoot. I, I was sitting here in a relaxed mode, thinking you were just prepping That's me for our show. What topic, makes the show go, awesome? The show. That's what makes the I mean, show seriously, awesome. Seriously, seriously. You want to know the truth? You want to know the truth? I was sitting on the toilet. That's mm. where I was when we started this conversation. Okay. Let's just get it all out there. If let's only there. It's right. fully you had
0: flushed. First just... of
1: all, you and I have been in radio long enough to know that before you start recording, there is a countdown:
0: three, two, one, point. Okay? Yeah, but I got that's none of podcast, that. Podcast, not radio. Podcast. So you got you just none go. of that from you.
1: It's you unbelievable. All right, um, <laughs> man. Okay, so yes, no, you and I did not grow up with. We definitely grew up with bullying. Right. We did not grow up with cyberbullying because, and and the reality is, we have experienced it though, haven't we? We've experienced oh, yeah. people. Um, you know calling us names on Twitter and sure. because they disagree with our politics or they disagree with our beliefs or they disagree with our opinions so we've experienced that. I guess what gets me and and I'm not expecting this out of any child let's just talk about bullying in general for a second i I went through the same thing I remember going home crying because I got made fun of for ver- you know various reasons um, I had a bully in, in a very particular bully I can tell you his name I can tell <laughs> I'm actually friendly with him these days, um, regardless of his reasons why. Um, I, I I had to talk to my youth pastor about it. I talked to my parents about it, and I think that's the thing to your point about parents need to get more involved. Is you, you, as a as a child, I feel like you have to be able to talk to your parents, and then your parents. I don't know. I, I assume the right thing is because again, I, I am a I'm a two, I'm two years into being a step parent. With the child on the autism spectrum who there are expectations because he is different in the way he thinks and the way he emotes um, because he's on the spectrum. There are expectations that his dad has, um, that um, his mom and I have, that he will be bullied. Now, the sweet thing is right now he's in third grade, and there doesn't seem to be anywhere close to any, any of that going on. As a matter of fact, all the kids in this class love him. They include him. He gets invited to the parties. Um, they get excited when he gets there. But man, it's you, you get worried about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think about Susan, my wife. She'd be involved now. To what level do you should you be involved? But I'll tell you this: I understand the school wanting to help curb cyberbullying, but that's not a school issue, is it? A school, a school's job is not to be a parent. Right. A school's job is to educate. The parent should be involved in trying to curb cyberbullying now i do feel like there's room for okay if the bully is coming from meaning the bully the active bully because look cyberbullying com- comes from strangers i would say nine times out of ten and i may be ignorant because in our world leland that we don't know the people who are who are um quote-unquote right. bullying right. us yeah. on on uh, twitter or facebook or whatever but i would guess in a child's life it's, it might be people they know and it might be people at school and as you said earlier that seems like that's the place for the parent to then involve the school in, in saying something. Yesterday, Mom, uh, Susan and I were getting we – were, we were getting back in um, the car from the gym, and she was telling me the story that she had heard um, about a child who is on the autism spectrum and got diagnosed very late, um, which is it, – it's frustrating and sad when that happens because if, if a child on the spectrum gets diagnosed early – there are so many things that can be done. If they get diagnosed late, it lessens the chance for, you know, therapy and things to make a big impact in the life, though. It's still possible. Right. But this child is 12 years old. And basically, th- 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 whether they knew that knew this kid or not, they were being told by kids at school, you just need to kill yourself. Yeah. Now, what you think about right. this 12 years 12 years old. I mean, bu- bullying is one thing, you know, making fun of somebody, you know, quote unquote, beating someone up. I mean, that's bullying telling a child to kill themselves that's to me that's another level yeah I mean I'm sitting there I'm Susan's telling me a story and I'm steaming and I presume not knowing the, the reality of the situation but I presume that came online because I even asked Susan I said wait a minute do we was this done actually I do know it was online it was it was cyberbullying because Susan said oh no they they've got the records of who the kids that were telling this kid to kill themselves were I mean it got so bad that this child had to be taken out of school and had to be sent to another school because she was being taught. she or he, I forget, was being told to go kill themselves. I mean it's insane what these kids do. So now at this point, if I'm the mom or the dad in this situation of the child that's being basically told you need to go commit suicide by peers at school… I'm am, I am not even lightly involved. I'm heavily involved. Right. I mean, I I am yes, the principal needs to know, yes, the teacher needs to know. Where is this child? Bring their parents to school. We're going to have it out, even appropriately so, verbally. We're we're going to talk. We're going to be notified that your child is telling people, my child to commit suicide. Yeah. And then what are you going to do about it now?
0: Right. I I think I agree with everything you said. I, I think the only thing I would add is, like, I think it's obviously the school's job to intervene if something is happening at the school itself. at school. Yeah. And if some of that is tied to cyberbullying, I don't have a problem with the school saying, hey, can you come up here? Maybe if we go through the phone together. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, maybe maybe that's OK if the school is asking permission to say, hey, we we have some expertise on this. We want to help, you know, and I then, do and not then the like... parent decide. I do
1: not like the carte blanche. No. Here's a permission slip for you to sign to give us permission nope. to at any time we feel necessary to go through your child's phone. No, not and at no, all. For that, 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 there's no reason that should be. And, and I agree. The parents should absolutely
0: not sign that. And I agree with the mom. She's like, this is my property. It's not my kid's property. Right. I bought this. This is, this yeah. is my property. And, and even you if my child carries it, this is none of your business. Right. Until I
1: make it your business school, yeah. This is this is not now. What happens at school on school grounds? That's all of our business. That's the mom, right? The dad, the 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 administration, the teachers at school, and right. the children, yeah. right? But what happens on that phone? That's my business and my child's business until I make it your business because it's coming from one of your, one of his his or her classmates.
0: Fully agree. All right, let's talk about Mark Stoops and John Calipari. Um, Speaking of bullying, right? Football coaches so, is bullying the basketball coach. So apparently. Cal Perry simply said in a conversation <laughs> offhandedly that we're a basketball school. And yeah. Mark Stoops took offense to this and and let me, let me just say I have so much respect for what Mark Stoops has done. Absolutely. For the Kentucky football program. Um and and it's not it's not a fluke what he's done. Um No. It, it's it's he's built A program at the probably arguably hardest place in America to build a program because the SEC is so Mm -hmm. has has such entrenched powerhouse schools that if you're going to come in and take one of the non powerhouse schools um, that and turn it into what could be eventually a powerhouse school, that's that's it's kind of this is very similar to what Mark Few did. In a lot of ways, we're, we're not quite there, but what Mark Few did with Gonzaga, right? Like, at yeah. first, it's the Cinderella, and then everybody's talking about it as this. Now they're freaking there every year, and they're always a one seed. So I'm not saying that, that we're there, but I am saying that he has done that kind of job at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But Kentucky is still a basketball school. Okay. Because it's Here's- the fans that decide that, not the coaches or the power of the program.
1: Do you agree? true to a yes and no here's the thing number one and i this this is my biggest feeling on all of this who the heck cares <laughs> what i mean what why, why does it have to let me ask you a question why can't it be both folks that let's let's go back and look at what that and, and listen i'll go back to the old athletics we used to have when i was there who i adore cm newton mm-hmm. love cm newton okay yep. but when barnhart got to uk And I am on record. I could not tell you where this article I wrote. You'd be proud of me, Lee. I actually wrote an article for my webpage, my radio webpage, and then I took it down when my my radio show stopped. I took the webpage down and erased this brilliant article that I wrote. But the article was basically about is Mitch Barnhart the greatest hire in Kentucky – University of Kentucky athletics history, and I think he is. I think he's a better hire than Calipari. I think he's a better hire than Stoops because what he did – not that they're not great hires. Of course they are. But what Barnhart did is he came in, looked at the state of Kentucky Athletics, University of Kentucky Athletics, and said, you know what? We have one program. Um, if you want to add cheerleaders in there, which we should, and the rifle team, but those are not necessarily um, – those those are non-revenue sports. Okay, We have one program that is consistent – and is beloved, right, and is not the doormat of the SEC every year. Every other program we had at UK back in the 80s and 90s, now not all, every year, I mean, we would have flashes in women's basketball, obviously. We would have flashes in um, uh, tennis, maybe, um, men's golf, women's golf, when J.B. Holmes was there. I mean, you know, you there are moments where Kentucky, the non-revenue sports, even football, we'd have flashes where, you know, when uh, Coach Brooks was here. Where all of a sudden, hey, we're going to bowl games again. But when, when Barnhart got here, what Barnhart said was look, we're gonna take the money that you that basketball and football create and, and generate, and we are going to heavily invest it in the non revenue sports, and we are going to not be the doormat of the SEC anymore when it comes to everything but basketball. And I love him for that because as much as I love Kentucky basketball, I love Kentucky. I love the blue and white. I want to see – I want to be – what we do on the basketball court with our eight national championships, I want to be doing in every sport. So the mere idea that we have to to devolve the debate back to, oh, it's a basketball sport or a school. It's a football school. Why can't it be both? I realize it's quote-unquote hard, but let's look. It's happened before. Florida. Florida won two national championships in basketball. Around the same time, they were at least competing in national championships in football – and may have won one in 2006 or 2005. I don't remember. But why can't we be both? So it's just—it's a stupid argument from the get go. Uh, as I, far as I'm
0: I, I agree. It's a stupid argument. I'll say something controversial though. In de- oh, please do. In defense of Stoops, uh, are we a basketball school now under Calipari? Or are we an NBA school? And so oh, bananas. That, c- done, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. Um, <laughs> so. The, the, the thing is, like, you mentioned eight national championships, and uh-huh. there's there should have been nine, possibly ten already.
1: Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah,
0: I know. But I I, I think that basically, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, Calipari, and I love Kentucky basketball, and I love Kentucky football. I'm like you. I like it all. If it's got the blue and white, you know, I'm proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I want them all to win. And I love what Stoops has done. I got an enormous amount of respect. I just happen to be more of a basketball fan than a football yeah. fan, personally. But yeah. when the blue and white's on the field or on the court or on whatever wherever the blue and white is, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in, in the, the point I'm trying to make, though, is that there's times that I get a little frustrated with Calipari because he comes mm-hmm. off a little arrogant, for the results look we're going we're always going to be ranked we're always going to win but he just like i and i i said this before he came to kentucky a long long time ago mm-hmm. you know he has that thing about memphis hanging over his head where they're in the you know they, they're there they have a chance and they can't hit freaking free throws and it's like there's an element to his coaching style that irks me i'll just be honest it irks me it irks me yeah. because his focus is on I like that the focus is on the player but his focus is almost so much on the player yeah that when it comes down to time to meld the team together like an Izzo would do or like some of these like I don't want to I don't want to say his name as he retires I don't want to do it because he's the devil incarnate but I mean those those <laughs> programs have teams in the yeah. tournament and so many times Kentucky just has players in the tournament and that oh. bugs me.
1: I see. I, I, I so disagree with you on that. I think it's the complete opposite. I think that's Cal's genius. Cal's genius is that, yes, he is excited when his kids get recruited. He's excited when they go to the NBA after a year, as long as they're ready. Yes, he made that statement a few years ago, which is the one thing he's done that irked me, which is, you know, when we had six guys or whatever draft the NBA, he said this is the greatest night in the history of Kentucky basketball. That was a foolish statement. Okay. But when we get to the tournament, I mean, you you can't deny. Look, the throw and we can we can include the thirty-eight and one team because they were hitting on all cylinders until that last game against Wisconsin. But see, the thing is, is that even Memphis, you said they can't hit free throws. Okay, well, that's the players' fault. It's not the coach's fault. They were yeah. in a position. No, 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 no. The if coach you, has never. You, there's never if been you a coach
0: dismiss those things as unimportant. The players won't focus on them.
1: And and you know for a fact that Coach Calipari dismissed free throw shooting as unimportant in his practices at Memphis.
0: I've heard him say that in the media before that he doesn't think <laughs> he they're that important.
1: What he, a head coach at a Division one university, has said that free throws are not that important. He, I
0: can't remember when specifically, I need, but I
1: need I need to I, see I know you need
0: I know you need the tape. I've I've heard him de-emphasize <laughs> certain aspects of the game that I don't think should be de-emphasized. All right,
1: I've, I've not heard him say that. What I have heard him say is he he emphasized the importance of the SEC tournament, which bothers me because I love the SEC tournament. I yeah. think most most fans do as well. But look, what he has done, and I've said this for for years, it, it's my favorite part of what Cal does. Coach P used to do it too. Um, is that you take and, Co, and Coach Smith even did it to A large. I mean, sure, let's remember about Coach Smith. He yeah. was three times. Three times he was a bounce. Or a missed shot away from going to three more Final Fours no. while he was here. Right. Again, we, we we when we deduce this down to a missed free throw, okay, or a um or or, or one play. And look, that's what basketball is. That's why bask that that is why it is called March Madness. Yes, and I'll but say it again, but it's March Madness because the unexpected happens. With Coach with Patino used to say all the time, I don't and then you know this, Lena. I don't believe in luck personally. But Coach Patino used to say, in order to win a national championship, you have to have a team that plays as a team. You have to have a team that outworks everybody else, and you have to have a little bit of luck. The ball has to bounce your
0: way. Yes, and but yes, let, you let, can let argue. Let me insert okay, you. Let me insert you right. because I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I am going to say that uh, it, over time, not every mm-hmm. single opportunity is going to be won, but over time, right. Right. a good leader – is going to accomplish if you have four opportunities to have that ball bounce your way, three or two, or at least one of them is going to do it.
1: Right. And And one did back in 2012.
0: That's a long damn time ago, Cameron. That's 10 years. In the history
1: of Kentucky basketball, it is not. Kentucky basketball is 115 years old. We have only won eight of these things. That is one every 14 and a half years. Yeah, but So by not by the numbers, statistically, what I'm, Cal does not have to win another national championship for another fourteen years to be on average.
0: <laughs> but he's not supposed to be on average. Kentucky fans don't no, want no, no. average. We want championships wait a minute. Wait a a minute. Wait a minute. No, I'm not talking about on average. Every I'm not talking about, freaking I'm not year.
1: I'm not talking about – yes, that's what Kentucky fans want. I get that. That's one of the reasons the expectations being so high. We got people putting
0: tattoos on of number nine. Come on, man. These well, people can't look, be that's, let that's, down. Look,
1: as much as I look at those people and honor their commitment, I also look yeah. at those people and say – you're an idiot. Come on. Right?
0: <laughs> Look, it's
1: on average. You, yes, we're not an average team. That's the point, because if you compare the number of national championships other schools have, even if you include UCLA, UCLA got all their national championships in a bulk in the 60s. They've only won one since then. That was 40 years ago. Well, what, 30 years ago when they won theirs. So Cal came here. He's been here. What are we on year 12?
0: Uh, year twelve, yeah,
1: yeah I like believe that. so. I, maybe close, maybe this is year twelve and thirteen. He's won one, and let's add to it. He has had us in position to win three others, basically with two national champ, two other um, national championship game appearances, right? Yeah, and three final fours. Yeah. Look, the thing is, is we cannot look at Cal and say he he should have won more when he is playing with a bunch of freshmen every year. And back to your original that's point, that's on him. That, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, Elena, okay, we've had this <laughs> discussion before. Here's the alternative to Cal not having guys go one and done he recruits three star players. If he recruits only three-star players, then okay, we're going to have some four-year players. No, no, no. Players. Okay, you're, you're misunderstanding. No 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 no, 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 no. You're
0: misunderstanding. You have to be able to have those five stars, but you need a couple three and fours. That the can- five
1: stars are going to go early. This I, is know, not I know, I know, but you have to rule. have
0: you have to have some some Patrick Pattersons that are good enough to be uh, you know a big part of the team's victories, but also have that leadership that that steadiness. And that ability to bring other young people in and up. You have uh-huh. to have one or two of those guys on each team. You have to. Right,
1: but who are who are those guys? And are you intentionally recruiting less talented players? No, it's and not then about investing in leadership with them and saying, You have to be my leader and you have to be here for four years and your talent is not gonna lead I you think to the it's, NBA. Sure. I think
0: it's a matter of like there there are ways to recruit somebody who you know they're not gonna necessarily gonna get twenty seven dunks a game, but they're gonna they're gonna help your team cohese and right? there are ways to recruit that kind of leadership in a player you're well, not you're yes, not so much but, but, looking for the flash and dash as you are looking for okay that's who, a different someone who can pull the program though. together and probably stick around for a few years that i think that's a mm, legitimate argument i think that is I don't, a part i, don't at all, I think because, that is you, a part assuming, of recruiting you're assuming
1: that, that 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 kid who you recruit as a leader and that's going to bring everyone together and basically let, – let's, let's say for the sake of argument, say it's a point guard because your point guard tends to be – isn't always – tends to be your leader on the court. Okay, so let's say it's a point guard. So what we're basically asking – assuming we want him to stick around four years, you can't go out and recruit a five-star point guard then. You have to recruit a three-star point guard no, 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 or a okay.
0: two-star point guard. No, you, you, you and wanna, you
1: tell me hold, how long UK fans would be happy
0: hold on. knowing that
1: Cal is only getting these two-star The these guy doesn't players.
0: have to play 40 minutes. He might, no, that, that play he might just play 20. He might just right? play 20. He might just play 25. He might be a guy that comes in and spells your... Five-star point guard, but he's a four-star point guard that's going to stick around for two years. And that's still an assumption.
1: Years. You're still making an assumption. Basically, here's what: uh, if we take this in sim- as simplicity as possible, you're basically saying Cal has to recruit less talented players because those are the players. You're looking at you're looking
0: at talent as only baskets and buckets, and I'm looking at talent that's as how
1: they're rated. That's what I'm saying. Is that okay? But okay, you tell me how easy it is to go find a kid. That is. I a think a good coach player. can
0: spot somebody who's a four star that's really a five star all around. And that's well, but, but the point is he's still got the talent to go to the NBA early a lot of times. Well, if he goes in his sophomore year or his junior year, good for mm, him. Well, look, here's the brilliance of this year though. Okay. All right. Cal
1: in a backwards way has fallen into this with Oscar. There is no reason, yeah, truly, that Oscar point. should still be here.
0: No, you're right. Oscar you're, should right. Not you're right. He'll
1: be here. But he is. You know why? Because he is. To your point, I'll give you this. Oscar seems like an uh, doesn't seem. He's just an amazing guy. He puts others first. He is. He seems to be an incredible leader. He outworks everybody on the court. And yet he stuck around. He could have gone. Now, I will tell you, I think his NIL is about two million dollars a year right now. So the NIL is all these people arguing with the NIL folks. The NIL is helping Kentucky more than anybody. Stop arguing against the NIL. Because Oscar's sitting there with $2 million in his bank account trying to help his mother come over here from the Congo, and if he had needed that desperately and he wouldn't have got it at UK, that money, he would have gone to the NBA. Whether he would have been drafted high or not, he'd still be playing professional basketball and making money. With the, because that's what he needed to, br- to help bring his mom over here. Right. Now he's sitting at the University of Kentucky, getting ready to play his, what, fourth or fifth year? I don't know a fourth year. I mean, his second year at Kentucky, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's got like a $2 million NIL deal. I mean, his total NIL deals are like $2 million a year, which, thank you. You yeah. see what happens when yeah. you pay these kids? They stick yeah, around. I, I
0: fully, we, I, we will not disagree at all on that. And you and I have been banging that pot and pan for a long uh. time. I'm going to, since you gave me one point in that argument, I'm going to shift the conversation, <laughs> take my win, and. uh <laughs> oh, that's a win. Not, was, the win. I'm going to one I'm gonna me, take my free throw. Okay. I'm going to take my free throw I just hit. And you didn't, uh, bring didn't the, win that argument. I, I, you just gave me that point. I'm taking it. Let me know No, I said your point. Let me was, dance. I what I said let me dance. Now we got to bring the conversation back to where it was supposed to have been about in the yes. first place, and this ridiculous argument between Calipari and Stoops. And I, 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 I think it. There's okay. I'm just going to float a conspiracy theory, and I just want to know what you think about it. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just going to float it out there. Ah. How much of this is just bull? How much of this is just the two of them being the showmen that they are? Taking advantage of something that basically puts Kentucky in the news because here's Kentucky football ranked twentieth and twenty yeah. first in the two coaches are the coaches pony the AP top twenty five for preseason. Right, right. Uh, maybe three times in the last thirty years has that happened. Right. I, so it's that. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 here's Stoops and he understands the game. He knows the game and he's good right. at it too. He's different than Calipari. Um, yeah. He's a football's football guy. But he understands the show aspect how much of this is just for the cameras like they, um, like it happened it happened organically but the two of them I figured out that it could be a thing and it's a thing
1: i don't believe the back and forth sorry i'm in, I'm in my garage right now i don't believe the back and forth
0: from his toilet um, to his garage it's podcast <laughs> excellence <laughs>
1: You'll <laughs> get ready to be in my car in a minute. Um, I don't. I don't believe the back and forth is um, is is um, invented. I do believe Cal said what Cal said to kind of get a light, um, whether it's worked or not or woodwork or not, to kind of get a light lit underneath um, Barnhart. Because look, the point of all of this. The beginning, the, the genesis of all of this was Cal wants new facility.
0: Right, right, right,
1: right. And and I'm, and I'm going to say something I said the other day on another podcast is that you can sit here and say, as the Kentucky fan, well, well, I mean, the facilities are amazing. Yes, they are. But we're Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And if we want kids to continue to come here. OK, it, remember, it's not just that they're coming to play for Cal. They want they want to be living in the King Suites. Yes, they want to be they want to have the best. They want to go to the school with the cream of the crop and the facilities of UK basketball is brilliant. And I'm, I'm this is I'm, they are brilliant. They're, they're they are 50 times better than what what I had. OK, and even when I was there, they were amazing. But they are also about 15 years old. Because they're and and to to hit to your point and to the credit of Mark Stoops and Barnhart in building a better football program, more money has gone into the football program's facilities in the last ten to fifteen years than has gone into basketball. You can make you can make a point about um, Rupp Arena, but see Rupp Arena UK didn't do anything at Rupp Arena. That's the Lexington Center has paid for all that. Yeah, University of Kentucky Athletics has put more. They built a new. Uh, Cat Center over at the football stadium. They've built a brand new weight room, brand new locker room, completely added on to the um, to all of that. All the money has gone—not all the money, most of the money has gone to um, to football. Okay, to the capital money. Okay, for buildings, for facilities, it's gone to football. Far less has gone to basketball in the last 15 years. The Craft Center was built. Gillespie coached in the Craft Center. Okay. I mean since cal has been here what have we built what have we built for basketball and i'm genuinely asking because i cannot think of
0: yeah well, I, there's, there's Lodge, been improvements to it but there, there have, you're there, right there's been there a, have, there's, there's been, been an improvements enormous to amount the of locker room right but there's been an enormous overhaul of you know I'll, the I I will always call it commonwealth stadium i know it's right. yep. Field or whatever but yep. the sponsors got to get their sponsors where they got sponsors. so yeah but uh, to me, it's always Commonwealth Stadium. But there's sure. been an enormous overhaul of that facility, the practice um,
1: facilities, yeah, that, the practice the, the facility, facilities, yep. the playing facilities of football yep. have all been improved in the last 15 years. What has been improved in the now? There's not. It's not that nothing has been improved in basketball facilities, but more money has gone in there. And I think what Cal's saying is, okay, now that football is straight away and we've got these top-notch facilities, let's revisit basketball. And look, here's yeah. the thing. You've got to do this because you are competing against 350 other schools when it comes to your two revenue sports. Yeah. You've got two revenue sports. You've got football, men's basketball. They're the only ones that bring in cash to the athletics department. Which, by the way, let's remind ourselves, is a self fulfilling or a self-sustaining. self um, funding, yeah. self sustaining. Thank you, self sustaining athletic department. One of the few, not only that, but it gives back to the school. No, oh, it, it it gives yes. No, yeah, it, it's it, more it than self sustaining. Yes. That, that's the point is that there is like $2 million goes back to the general scholarship fund. They've built a science center the athletics department has. So it's not – no money comes from the state. No money comes from your taxes. No money comes to that because it goes to UK Athletics. UK Athletics is actually investing back into – the ac- academic system at UK, and then therefore, on some level, it, investing back into the government and taxes and blah blah blah. UK is paying it, not not us for Calipari's contract. It frustrates me. when My dad says Calipari is overpaid, and I'm like, Dad, Calipari deserves twice what he's making now.
0: <laughs> because
1: if you take what we are profiting, just UK right. basketball's profit. We're still making more if he's paid I, twice as much as he I don't is now. Remember. But what is that Calipari money's going pay? to the other schools.
0: Uh, I forget. I think well, it's around
1: eight point three, eight point four, eight point five million. Uh, a year. Million, okay. Around
0: yeah. There. Yeah. And, then, year. and
1: by the way, now remember, the university, uh, the athletics department, only pays four hundred fifty thousand of that. The rest of it is made up yeah, by yeah. companies who who, who say that's part of the deal. That's why he does the um uh the uh Yeah. All the endorsements and the call-in show and all that money—only four hundred fifty thousand dollars—pays Cal's salary from UCA Athletics. The rest is paid by, um, by companies.
0: Yeah, it's how it's how you and me are able to be so bougie as uh, hosts of this podcast uh, because of all the endorsements and everything. So yeah, wait, I lost you. Where'd you go? Uh oh. But can we please explain? Hold on, hold on. Uh, what what that? What what in the H E double hockey sticks did you just do? You disappeared. I just I like, just switched over. Like, just hang on, I'll tell you. It was like I Jesus raptured you, and then you came back for a minute because no, Jesus no, no, no. was like, "Wait a minute, I wasn't ready I to bring in, that I one." I in my yet. car,
1: and I got in my car, and the Bluetooth turned on. Okay. And, and so, yeah, it's always awkward, and I hate to do it on podcasts, but I'm meeting my wife somewhere, and I don't want to be late.
0: Um, and I, already, interrupt, I already interrupted your morning poop, so why would – I don't want to nobody interrupt said. You.
1: Nobody said that's what I was doing on
0: the toilet. said you were maybe on I, the toilet. Maybe you, a, when you're, maybe when you're doing a, number one, you're not on the toilet. You're standing incorrect. by it. That when is you're your doing assumption. number two, you're on the toilet.
1: That is, inc- that is an assumption. What bougie men do <laughs> is they sit down while peeing no 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 that's what no 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 oh yes, no, no, no. Oh, yes. i am on my throne i will <laughs> urinate on
0: my throne cameron sits when he pees that's the headline
1: yes yes if he can he will come on I, why wouldn't you do that you what's the standing up empty- nonsense you can't
0: fully empty your bladder when you're doubled over what you can't you have to stand you can't. What when you perfect all, are, Who's
1: doubled over on the toilet? I sit up straight with perfect posture.
0: Oh, do you have a? Do you have one of those little? What do they call them? The uh, uh, potty? Um, what are those things that help you poop? The oh, you, the little
1: they're, they're those little po- stools you yeah, put under you. Yeah, The, yeah, the no, Kathy Griffin was selling. No, no. Nor nor do I think I will ever get one of those. Um, and again, let's. It's a your poopy pal. I am not. I was not doing that on the toilet as we began this podcast. I was I was peeing. However, I was uh, peeing. I'm was. i not ashamed he, of this. He
0: this, he, not, this he I'm he proud of this part of my life. Down. Oh, my God.
1: Okay. I'm proud of this. All right. All right so I, I want you or me, before we end this, let's make sure everyone understands the derivation of the term bougie. Because it bothers me. I hear it all the time, especially from... Especially from, uh, gen- I don't know if it's generation, whatever millennials. Millennials I don't know, like it's to kids, say it. It's kids. Kids like to say bougie. That's fine, as long as they know where where bougie comes from, because every kid I've asked has no idea. Right. Oh, it's just what we say. Yes, but what does bougie mean? Well, it means it. It, it means hot. It means. Cool. It means the top. It means the best. I said, yes, but why? Bougie. Where does that come from? And they have no idea. So please enlighten everyone. All
0: right. Here we go. All right. So obviously it is uh, a term that has come from it's a shortening of bourgeoisie. Okay. thank you. Uh, Bourgeoisie uh, in all Marxist history is the capitalist class who own most of society's wealth and means of production. Mm-hmm. In the middle class, typically, it's a reference to perceived materialistic values or conventional attitudes. So mm-hmm. the bourgeoisie were the enemy of the Marxists, who wanted the state to control everything. The bourgeoisie were the property owners; they were the ones with means. They, they were the one percenters. They well. Yeah, they 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 came to represent all of of uh, capitalism. But yeah, that's that's the bourgeoisie. So if you're bougie you know you're getting instead of getting a a cup of black coffee at McDonald's you're getting a a latte if you're bougie it instead of pee if promise, you're yeah. bougie instead of pee and standing up like a real man you're sitting on like a padded toilet from That's Toto right. not those padded, those, to, those toto those toto toilets from Japan that that are heated you know they're heated and they am, and it's your little you're all comfy. I'm and,
1: unfamiliar. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with that technology, but Japan, <laughs> being Japan, they they're always ahead of us when it comes to the tech stuff. So yep. I'm sure that would be making its way into my house soon. <laughs> all
0: right, let's wrap this up because I know you got to go. You're helping your mom with some stuff this morning, and uh, and I got to get My married, wife, or but your yeah, wife, rather um, <laughs> yeah, mom, wife, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my mom. Let's let's. Uh, Let's uh, wrap this up and, and and bring it back to just the point that we're talking about here with the two of them. Yeah. Ultimately, the you and I both agree that the the argument is silly, but at, at yeah. the end of the day, was it good for Kentucky to be in the national spotlight over this yeah, because for I guess. the first time when Mark when when, when Stoops pushes back, he yeah. actually has a legitimate point, you know. If it had been yeah. if it had been two and a uh, two and uh, a a uh, two and ten, Mark Stoops right. versus a Mark Stoops yeah. that's preseason twentieth. Hey, when he pushes back, ESPN notices, you know. Uh, exactly. Sports yeah, illustrate these. It's laughable. Yeah, so so in a way, yeah. it's kind of good for Kentucky because it's spotlighted the the university. I, I,
1: I buy that. Yeah, yeah, I buy that. Um, the thing is, though, let's remember that back in the 50s maybe the that thing is the 50s we had we had a we had a rift between our head basketball coach and our head football coach then. Yeah.
0: and our head football somebody coach got a watch left. and somebody else got a our cadillac head,
1: our head football coach <laughs> left and yes. wound up creating the greatest football the greatest football university in the country by the name yes. of alabama yep he was i mean and that's Bears the thing so Bryant. and here's the other part is stoops could very easily this is what's so amazing about what barnhart and stoops has done with football this is why it's so hard to build a program basically from scratch if you will right is because you bring in a coach and if that to to a to a mid not a mid-major but a mid-level football program that's had its ups and downs and has not had consistent success and if that coach develops consistent success which stoops has four straight bowl game victories and now ranked this year in the top 25 for one of the very few times preseason. If you bring that coach in, look, Kentucky, and this is, this is maybe how you decide if Kentucky's football school. If Mark Stoops leaves for a better school, then are we a football school? Nope. He hasn't yet, and that may be evidence that maybe we are a football school as well as basketball school because the idea that we can't be both is what's laughable to me. Is that someone has not come and robbed us of Stoops? Stoops has not left. He's not gone to Texas. He's not gone uh, to Florida. He's not gone to um, USC. I mean, wh- whatever the whatever you consider a football school that's consistently in the top twenty-five, he's not gone to Clemson. Um, that's what we have kept Stoops from doing that, and as a result, we have built a football program. Yeah. But I... why can't we be both football and basketball school? Why can't we just be an athletics program that's well, dominated? I think... We finished ninth ninth in the um what's it called leland you may not know but it's basically you take all the athletics together and each one's worth a certain number of points championships earn you it's it's some kind of cup uh the governor's guys the governor's cup or that athletic director's cup something like that i forget what it's called we finished ninth last year that is our athletics program and that is all down to a man by the name of mitch barnard
0: yeah i think um i think two things one i think in order to be a both school you have to consistently invest in both programs and give the fans what they want because ultimately at the end of the day it's the fans that will determine whether you're a single sports school or a double sports school the fans are the ones that will determine can we fill commonwealth are the are those games rocking is it hard to play at kentucky football and hard to play at kentucky basketball obviously it's always hard to play at kentucky basketball so um when the fans decide that they are just as excited about football as they are about basketball, that's when you have a double sports school. And yeah. to your point about Mitch Barnhart, he has he has had the long game vision in mind that that's what he wants. Yes. And yes. In, in those investments in all those sports where he says, we're not going to be uh, the SECs to kick around anymore, we're going to take over and we're going to be the top in everything, that that's right. long-term vision is is giving the fans what they want. And there's been a lot of complaints, and you and I have hosted so many shows from out in front of Commonwealth and out in front of Rope Arena, and we've been there and we've seen that and we've had those conversations and we've been frustrated and up and down. At the end of the day, Mitch, Mitch Barnhart has had that long vision, and he's put yep. into it what needed to be put into it. And, and so I don't know if you can say fully that we're both sports school yet, but we're going to be there before Stoops era is over because I think he's honestly going to take it there.
1: That, and I, I, I completely agree with that. If Stu sticks around, uh, what he has done here has been amazing. But the biggest thing he's done is stick around. Because yeah. otherwise, he's jumping to a bigger school, and we're having to reset again. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I my could...
0: wife is staring at me and yes. uh, waiting on me. All so, right, tell her I said hi. And, I will tell uh, her. You have a great day. and hi, uh, Start peeing, standing up, dude. Be a man. I, no, no. I sit <laughs> down when I pee. That's the way it works in my family. Appreciate you. Love you, brother. All right, man. Talk to you then. All right. It's Cameron Mills. The co-host and co-executive producer of The Disruption Zone. I am Leland Conway. Big thanks to our sponsor who helps make this possible. Uh, It's Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Look, if you're thinking about redoing your kitchen, maybe you want to stick around in your house for a while, but you... Uh, want to get that kitchen to where you want it to be, right? To Make your home someplace that you really enjoy being in all the time. And that's my friends at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Tim Montgomery and his crews are going to make it work for you. They've got designers on staff. Uh, we have used them in the past, and they've been fantastic. They did our kitchen in Oldham County before we sold our house to move to Colorado. Uh, we actually enjoyed that kitchen really great for a couple of years before we sold the house. And I'm confident that the beauty of that kitchen is why our house sold in less than a day. Uh, When we put it on the market, they did our master bathroom, too. So I know what I'm talking about when I say you're going to get an incredible job from Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They're at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. How easy is that to remember? And the phone number is 502-930-3304. 502-930-3304. They got cabinets in stock right now ready to roll if you know what you want. Or you can talk to the designer for a turnkey remodel. Big thanks also to Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington, Kentucky for helping make our uh, audio possible on this program. They're the professionals. We turn it over to them. They help it work. Um, and if you have anything going on uh, from a uh, media project all the way down to you just want to get some tapes digitized that are old videos or old audio tapes of somebody that you love and you want to memorialize it digitally forever, they can help you with all of that. It's Dynamics Audio uh, Productions in Lexington. It's dxaudio.com. And a big thanks to you, the listeners, over 100,000 downloads and climbing. It's a free podcast. It's a free uh, subscription. So just subscribe at Um, At uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Or iHeartRadio's app That's our favorite It'll push new episodes right out to your phone I'm Leland Conway, thank you for listening to The Disruption Zone